when you feel low, you can still go. Even when you feel slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never answered a no, man, I still go. Go, go. It's a lot, I sell every single day I'll be making moves till I'm buried in my grave uh, To the system, I don't wanna be a slave I've been doing shit my way, uh, or the highway And in the driveway, it's a nice range Cause I grind through the climb, I invite pain You'll never hear me, bitch, nah, I don't complain Just gotta flip the switch and you can go and obtain Anything you want, anything you need Your mind's got the key ingredient, it's belief uh, They'll see what the negativity but I just slide right by that energy Even when you feel low, you can still go Even when you feel slow, you can still go Even when there's no hope, you can still go I never answered a no, man, I still go Go, 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 go But even that could change You could flip the gray matter Like some batter in your brain uh, That's why I say Fake it till you make it, eh And if you play that game Then you just might make a change Rearrange all the bad to okay Take the worst thoughts and Turn them to a game Take the best thoughts and Put them on display On repeat in your brain Till you're feeling no more pain uh, Never slow yourself down You can do some more Push past all the pain And you'll find a door Open it up And finally explore Everything that you thought You could never do everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the sports report after dark i am your host seven dan is sitting in the background he'll be back with us in he will be in with us in just a moment 
I do want to start, as always, by giving a special thank you to our friends over at Gunslinger Soap. Gunslinger Soap is handmade soaps and beard products made without all of the junk to pamper your skin. You can go to their website right now, gunslingersoap.com, and sign up to get 15% off of your first order. And always free shipping over $30. That's gunslingersoap.com. Definitely check them out. Um, also, a special thank you to our friends over at West Coast Radio. You can catch the rebroadcast of Sports Report After Dark every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Every 11 p.m. Eastern on WestCoastRadio.info or by enabling the West Coast Radio skill on your Alexa speaker. We are not a family-friendly show. This is a late-night show for a reason. Uh, we swear we make inappropriate jokes. We say stuff that offends people sometimes. We, we, we're just being assholes. That's, that's just what this is. So uh, we definitely love people listening in. But, you know, of course, we want to be cordial enough to say this is not something for the kids. Um, but I'm going to bring in my co-host now. That guy who looks like he could be a serial killer in, in, in Vail, Colorado. I'm going for the retired Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> um, I see. So, I, I see. Gunslinger got the got the ad, and you're slinging the guns tonight. So that's. I mean, you know what? I'm just. I'm just letting everybody know. Uh, it's the gun yeah, show. It's the gun show. It is over there. Uh, I don't even. Man, I think I should turn my camera up a little bit. I'm, there we go. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting um, shown up. No. Uh, so do you think that Aaron Rodgers give a fucks retired three years before he does, just like Drew Brees arm retired three years before Drew did? Um, do you think Drew, I mean, he was, he was all right towards the end. Yeah. I, unless, I mean, he just didn't have the deep ball. Like, he was great, great at checkdowns, five, 10 yard passes. He was he fine, never, but he never really had the D ball. Let's be honest. He never really had the D ball. So, I mean, he's, he was all about accuracy his whole career. Good for him. I mean, he, he, he should have aged well. That's he, he's, he played like a 41 year old quarterback when he was 25. So why not? <laughs> just keep it up just stay the same. It's one of those consistent things. You know, I thought it was interesting. Did you see, have you seen those interviews where they were talking about, how or Sean Payton has talked about the fact that he wanted to grab Mahomes. Yeah. I, well, in hindsight, always 2020, I'm sure every, what was it? 16 that he got picked what ninth overall. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. all 10. Yeah. So all nine. Yeah. Kansas City traded up to 10 and then the Saints wanted him at 11. He is possibly would be the overall number one pick out of anybody you, and that's ever played in the NFL. That's yeah possible. So yeah, he no, should have been and, definitely a number one pick in his own year. And 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 I think that one of the things that I think is interesting is because you think about that. That was the 2017 draft, if I recall, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you know we joke about Aaron Rodgers' arm retiring a few years before he did. If Patrick Mahomes gets picked by the Saints in 2017 and spends that year under Drew Brees. And Sean Payton's tutelage, and then you plug him into that system, and then you plug him into that system. It's just as good. It's just as good. I don't know that it's just as good though, because no Tyreek Hill. 
I well, well, first of all, yes, no Tyree Kill. And then the other thing is, is how much of a patience does Peyton have for the running around and, and, you know, how much he breaks containment and all of that? Like, how much do you, how much do you think those things that make Patrick great as far as what he does when he's flushed out, how much of that do you think gets coached out before he ever steps on a professional field? I mean, none of it. None of you it really does because so? no. Do you think Andy Reid didn't try and change some of that stuff? Andy Reid b- before before Patrick played in a fucking game, before he actually played in a game, they were trying to get that shit out of him. They were like, "No, that's not going to work, man. It's not going to work." And then he got on the field, and they were like, "Oh shit, okay, maybe it does work." He's like good enough at it that it's actually it does work. So hopefully you would you would but, hope Drew you'd hope fucking Sean Payton was smart enough to be like, "Oh yeah, just let him be himself." You would but, think. But if you look at like that, I was watching some video of Zach Wilson of the Jets recently. And, you know, we all love Zach for banging Stifler's mom, you know, that, that's, that's you know, fucking legend. Right. But if you watch him move, he is basically in his, the way that he's doing things, a half step behind Mahomes. Yes. Um, the mobility, the mobility is there. It's the accuracy that isn't. And it's that accuracy piece <clears throat> that is what makes Mahomes what he is and that lack of accuracy for most quarterbacks is why they coach it out because it's it's a risk versus reward thing if you're not good enough at it right Right. because the Patrick Mahomes has been the only guy in history that does that kind of shit and is good enough at it that it actually works and not only works it's fucking if if it works it works really well Obviously, because like, that's what guys are going for. He gets away with some of some of the craziest shit. And like you'll you'll be watching content from former, you know, current and former quarterbacks, and that's that they talk about how he just consistently does things that you shouldn't do as a quarterback, but they work. He's good enough that they get he, that he gets away with it. He's got a fucking he, cannon, you know, cannon arm, which makes up for a lot of that shit. The, the mm-hmm. arm makes up for a lot of it. So does Zach Wilson, though. But how right. many of those? How many of those guys have we seen though? The Zach Wilson type guy. I mean, we don't know what Zach Wilson's going to be, and maybe if he steps up and becomes like as good as Mahomes at it, I doubt that's going to happen. Like, because that's obviously a once in a lifetime kind of thing. But think about right. how, how many right. other guys though. Like, think about Drew Locke, uh, does the same shit, not good enough at it. Um, fucking Jay Cutler, almost the exact same quarterback as Patrick Mahomes, stands like him, same kind of build and everything tried to do the same shit and actually got pretty close a couple, like for a while, but still too inconsistent with it. Couldn't do it all the time. I honestly, I feel like Jay Cutler's height was a disadvantage in that situation because he was like, Patrick is just the right height where he does blend in more with, with the, the pile, if you will. They're the same Whereas height. Cutler, are you serious? Cause Cutler yeah. looks taller. Are you Jay sure? Cut, Jay, Jay Cutler's listed at six, three. I think, I mean, Mahomes is a legitimate six, one to six, two. They're about the same height. Are you hold on? I, I could have sworn he was like six five. Cutler's listed at six two or six three, like two twenty, two thirty. Guaranteed. Hold on. This is you see, this is gonna I guess okay, six three. You're right. It says he's five it says he's five nine on this though. Jay Cutler's height on says five nine. That is not true at all. I don't know see, why that's there's no way he's five nine. There's pro there's football reference has him at six three. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, what the fuck? 
And Mahomes is 6'3", so they're actually the same height. Holy oh, shit. Okay. Hey, so this I, is talking about Jay Cutler, the bodybuilder. Not even not even kidding. Oh, that's that's funny. Yeah, he's five. That's nine, funny. Legitimately. <laughs> yeah. Jay Cutler's not even the first Jay Cutler that comes up. That's how good of a quarterback he was. He's not even the first he's oh, not even the God. first athlete that comes up when you Google his name. Poor that's Jay Cutler. He was let's not Gardner Minshew of the two thousand of, of the two thousand to two thousand ten decade of football. Bro, Jay Cutler's one of my heroes. He's one of my heroes. <laughs> Straight up, dude. One of my fucking heroes. Married to Kristen Cavallari, for one. Oh yeah. Married yeah. to one of the hottest women on the planet. Um aren't they divorced now? Did they get him divorced? Probably, but but he's just what was that quote? Yeah, that they did. I wish we could what was that quote about that you sent me that one time and you, we were like, dude, Jay Cutler's gonna be on the show. That guy's a fucking <sighs> We've got to find that. There, no, there was a meme. I know exactly which one you're talking about, but there's so much dumb shit that gets shared between us. It's probably lost. Um, right. But no, I, I know which one you're talking about. It was a quote about divorce. It was, yeah, it was some kind of quote about divorce, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, Jay, Jay Cutler. Yeah, I... I He's I, I would... Jay Cutler's that guy... Or you know that you were like, hey, we're going to Sand Dunes this weekend. You want to go? You're just like, you know what? I was, I, I, I need to paint my house, but fuck that, because whatever's going to happen at the Dunes is going to be so much better than that shit. And you just go without question, and it ends up being a mind blowing weekend because he's just there's just awesomeness around him at all times. Here's a Jay Cutler quote on on finding finding happiness. Quote: Being retired and divorced has been great. It's like a license not to give any fucks, which is kind of my thing. Ever play Settlers of Catan? Yeah, me neither. And now I have to. I live in Montana now. There isn't fucks to give for miles. That's paradise to old Smoke and Jay. Unquote. <laughs> I love Re- Jay Cutler. References himself as old Smoke and Jay. <laughs> You know who who you know who's after after game turnaround really shocked me because he just looks completely different to me? Who's that? Jake Plummer. I haven't seen a picture of him. I didn't even he, know he's still alive. Because he actually he runs a um oh, psilocybin grow operation in Denver now. Wow. Yeah, he grows Jake mushrooms. the Snake. Jake the Snake, bro. Yes. Wow, I see I see his picture now. Holy shit. He's got the long blonde hair and shit. That's awesome. Looks like he just he, does tons of shrooms. He looks like he lives on that cloud, man. I, I really I legitimately feel like that's what that is. Uh l- listen to this one. Here's another Jake Plummer story. After filing for divorce, Kristen Cavallari wanted Jay Cutler to give her $5 million so she could buy a new mansion. In response, the former Bears quarterback froze all of his bank accounts so she couldn't access the money and told her to, quote, get a job. <laughs> wow. Wow. I can't believe Plummer, though, runs a psilocybin. Yeah. Is that... Is it that's legal to do in Denver? That's, that's yeah, I'm not, that's, I'm it, that's legal in Denver. You, you can they, you, you, them and grow them, you can buy them. There are shops you can walk into in Denver and buy mushrooms. Okay, I thought, see, I knew there was shops that you could go into and like you could grow your own mushrooms, but I didn't know that there was like they're already, yeah, you can just go get them like, like weed. Yeah, that's how it should be. Why is it not like that everywhere? 
because white people were in power for too long. Oh God. Well, I mean, and psychedelics are the devil. They, they don't ever actually fit into anybody's, um, anybody's like anti-drug. They don't fit the narrative for any of that. If you ever notice, like you never see commercials that are like, there's always like the weed ones and like don't drink and drive and all that stuff. And like, obviously people, there's been cocaine and meth ones and all that shit. Never one about psychedelics. Anybody ever notice that? Well, you know what? Okay, but here's the thing with the fact that that's that's because with with cannabis being on the move, we saw a couple more states legalize recreational cannabis. Missouri being one of them. So now you're not going to have to drive to Colorado anymore. You're What's about three months. Um, Law takes effect December sixth. Uh, they have sixty days to get licenses issued, and, sh and uh, shops are ready to go. So you'll February. be able to. Yeah, February, February, March time frame. You'll be able to go into a dispensary down there and get weed. Oh, good God. It's going to be, it's going to be a fucking, it's going to be a hazy, it's going to be a hazy spring, bud. Hazy spring. <laughs> just, let's just say that. I, you might just, I might just show up on screen one time and just be like, what's going on? Yeah. Bro, it's just $65 ooh. half ounce. And this is, it's actually decent, bud. Yeah. Uh, $50 ounces in Denver, just yeah. $50 shake out. Well, it's shake, but it's still shake. awesome. Honestly, dude, shake. I like shake. It, it is great to get shake like that. I will buy it like that simply because you can use that for edibles because Absolutely. then you don't have to deal with grinding anything up. You can just decarb it and infuse it to whatever you're going to infuse it into. And if you're um, into rolling joints, it's perfect. If you're yeah. into rolling joints, I'm not really into that, but I, uh, I feel to, like it's too powerful. Yeah. There, um, the dispensaries I go to, they have $30 half uh, shake halves and they're in these little bags. They call them old pals. It's like a little bugler pack where you get papers and everything right there. So you can just roll the joint right out of it. Um, Beautiful. And it's just a half ounce of, you know, pretty good quality shake. And so it was 30 bucks. So I always tell people like, like with the, like you said that there's like a, like a kid inside of it basically. Right. Yeah. And you say, okay. I, I always tell people, I'm like, Dude, think about like people think it's weird when like people are eating weed or like, you know, like there's edibles and there's all these different kinds. There's there's waxes and things like that. Right. And people are like, oh, why is whatever happened? Just the old marijuana is like, dude, think about how many different ways there are to drink. Like you have drinking mm -hmm. games and different ways to do like, you know, you can shotgun beers. You can fucking beer, beer bong beers like that's how many different kinds there's going to be for smoking weed too. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how many different ways you could do it. It's just, a it's the delay in the product has delayed the innovation. And one of the things that I think is interesting is, is the environmental impact of, of using hemp as a building product. Oh God. Um, because of how renewable it is, we could fix the housing market. The hemp and, 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 and yeah, the, the the hemp seed also is like one of the highest oil content seeds in the world. Mm -hmm. It has it has a high oil content, it's like super high quality oil, and there's like the seeds are just full of it. I mean, obviously, if you ever buy bought a bag of, a shitty bag of weed and had a, seeds and stems in it, those seeds are like very like they have an oil on them. Uh, even on yeah, the they're very glassy. Yeah. So it's oh yeah the, the applications and they figured out that it actually does kill cancer cells in some types of cancer. Which, right. How ironic would that be if weed turns out to be the cure for cancer? You know, it, it's, I think it's what, what's really interesting is, is, is now, you know, your boss is like, why are you smoking weed on the job? I'm not, I am preventing cancer. I just, I don't want to get cancer <laughs> later in life. And you don't even have to I, use I, the I am actively preventing cancer. Yeah. The number, number one, actual medical, medically proven 
like supplement or cure for a disease is fucking glaucoma weed. Right. And then number two, I believe in this, in this, uh, high times magazine I was reading is mental health number was number two. And I was like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> anxiety. It was, it was anxiety and depression. Uh, yeah. You know, feeding off. Anxiety. No, and, 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 and true. It's, it's the truest thing because like I mentioned, like I, I didn't try weed for the first time until I was 23. And you know what it was is because with how I grew up, like I really, I, I, I tell people like, but in truth being told, I really had a fucked up childhood at most at multiple different points for multiple different reasons. But I recognized that I was able to recognize the scourge that addiction had, you know, we lost Aaron Carter recently and I feel bad for his family and I feel bad for him because of what addiction does to a person and, you know, hereditary, if it's not a tackled issue and it becomes a person, um, the, the, the rippling effects of addiction are just ridiculous. And so I was, I was legitimately for, for so long, I was scared because of all of the misinformation. Now, of course, in truth, everything has an addictive, everything has the potential to become addictive in, in some way, shape or form. But first of all, the, the actual addiction rates for marijuana are shockingly low. And on top of that, a majority of those are mental addiction because they're repressing some other type of feeling that it's really covering up for. It's not an actual chemical addiction to the substance. No, you're not going to have fucking tremors and shit if you quit smoking weed every day. Like you were smoking it. You're going to have long. You're going to have some weird dreams for six weeks after because you're, right. you know if, if you're a chronic smoker and you stop smoking, yes, you're going to have weird dreams for six weeks after. It's because your body's working out all of the THC but, that it hasn't had time to work out before. I guess <laughs> I guess the reason that I'm so dismissive about weed being at all addictive is because I've been addicted to fucking opiates, bro. <laughs> Painkillers. And like right. coming off of those it, is like the worst. No, and, and, and that's why I think that, and that's why I clarify that it's a mental addiction. Yeah. Because there is a clear difference between a chemical and a mental addiction um you know sex people that have high sex drive hypersexuals that become sex addicts that addiction is chemical to a point but it's mostly mental right you know whereas you know because in a lot of times yes there's a chemical imbalance in the brain that causes it but it's it's a mental addiction to that release feeling that you get um well, and sometimes, you know, deeper than that can be emotionally, it can be, you know, different partners or like, or like they're almost desensitizing or they're desensitized to sex. So it's like a, you know, it's more, it's more of a, a recreational thing to them than it is to, you know, to, to other people who. Right. Right. Like, it means- yeah. There, there, there's, there's a lot more mental to it than somebody that's addicted to say heroin, meth, cocaine, something like that, right. where there's an actual chemical bind in the body that's making you crave this item. And, and your body needs it to operate. Like alcohol, right. for one, is real bad. I mean, alcohol... Alcohol is something, yeah. That's, that's definitely a chemical addiction. I actually I actually think that's what happened to my dad. For anybody who doesn't know, is my it? dad's... Yeah, my dad's in the nursing home. He has memory loss, basically. Like, like it looks like... It's like Alzheimer's, but I'm pretty sure he tried to quit drinking and the DTs from it... He might, he might've had a stroke or something for real. Like it, that, because you can't, he drank for like 40 years straight every day. Right. And then, well, and then he just gets sick and thinks that he can just quit. And you know, so I, I actually, I have a theory about that. And I think you might be right. Um, because a lot of the individuals that I've seen 
in my experience, I, I've seen a correlation between individuals that were known to have drinking issues for an extended period in their life and individuals that end up developing dementia at later points and having a higher risk of stroke. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that those things come from individuals. Those, those things are exclusive to those people. What I'm saying is I, I, I would be curious to see the numbers on it because I almost think that, individ that individuals that suffer from alcoholism tend to have a higher risk down the road for dementia and stroke. Yeah, there's actually a, there's actually a word for it. There's, it's actually been diagnosed. It's, it's um, Korsakoff, I believe. The Korsakoff syndrome, yeah, Korsakoff syndrome is what it's called, and it's basically just Alzheimer's uh, that was induced by heavy alcohol use. Wow. I, okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a Korsakoff syndrome is a chronic memory disorder caused by severe deficiency of thiamine. Uh, Korsakoff syndrome is most cause, uh, most commonly caused by alcohol misuse. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's basically just like it's memory loss and this almost the same some tremors and shit like that, which is basically the same. As Alzheimer's right. gets right. similar. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's no, I, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, I had to look at, cause I was, we were trying to figure out, you know, what happened to my dad, like just happened so quick right. and weird, like, and we we're like, all right, well what's, you know, cause he didn't really, he wasn't, he forgot stuff, you know, cause he was a drinker or whatever, but like it wasn't ever. And it happened real quick. Like it just became a thing where he just had no short-term memory at all. And it was like, that's weird that it would just would have came on that quickly. You think you would have seen, gradual signs it would have got worse and worse right no he just went from zero to 100 real quick so like it's yeah. no and honestly i could see the argument going both ways on that because there was you know i i know that there's cases like with my grandfather his his descent into not knowing who he was or where he was took years yeah it did take it, it did take years um Whereas I know like with your dad, I know that it was quick. Um, I've seen, I've seen other cases, friends, parents where uh, it was within six weeks, you know, it was like, Oh, Hey, something's not right. Six weeks later, they have to be in a home because it's not safe for them to be by themselves anymore. I'm, I'm saying even with my dad, it was probably day to day. Like it was probably like a day, like, I literally had spoken with him, you know, several, several times before that. And then it just basically in one time it went from, so that almost, that almost signifies that there's some kind of like actual event that happened, like a stroke or, and, you know what I'm saying? No, like and that's what of, I was going to say that, that, yeah. that, that to me, cause there was a lot of my grandfather's changes because my grandfather somehow had multiple strokes or many, in many strokes throughout his, throughout my, my young adult life. And so it, I, I, and that's, that's almost what you could mark the changes by. Right. Um, and Just and kind so of, kind of whole noticeable steps into something worse, basically. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I, I mean, maybe, maybe there was a, a more massive stroke that just, just, it hit that right spot, you know? Right. That's, I, I mean, I'm yeah, it was a doctor, probably a really bad I've one. I've stayed at a Holiday Inn Express before. So, right. Right. That probably, probably. Like, probably a bad enough one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, heat. and like, I always tell people, I'm like, Hey, he gets to meet new people every day, you know? And, um, <laughs> and I was, and, and, but for real though, he, like he's actually probably at a better place. This is weird. A lot of older divorced men for some odd reason, 
Like once they get divorced, dude, they lose. They just lost. They just lost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they just thought that that was going to be their entire life was going to be mm-hmm. just like that. And then, and then like the woman just basically wants more out of her life because they're just doing, you know, it's just becomes monotonous. It's what I've seen anyway. And then the dudes just don't, they have no backup plan, like no backup plan. It's crazy. There's, you know, the, the, there's so many people that, that feel, feel the compulsion to make the relationship, their identity and their partner, their identity. And I'm not going to knock anybody that's committed to a relationship. I'm very happy with Martha. But what, you know, if, if something were to happen in the relationship between Martha and I were to end, I would be devastated, but I'm not going to be lost because, you know, I, I have friends outside of, 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 of her, you know, I have individual friends. I have hobbies that I do by myself. And, and so while I will be trying to figure things out and I will be struggling and it will be a lot of intensive therapy and it will have a negative effect on me overall, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not going to lose my mind. And I, I, I feel bad for somebody that gets so deep into that. And I can't judge somebody for it because it's just that's how much you were, you were, you were head first into that. But at the same time, and I don't know, maybe it's just because of the trauma or whatever, but I always live my life like everything could go wrong at any point and I could just, you know, all hell could break loose. Right. That I was going to say a couple of things. You're right online with it. But the thing is like how much of it has to do with age, right? My dad was 60. Like, I mean, okay. Him, yeah. That's like, he was like 60. I think he was like 60, something like that. Maybe like late fifties. Um, and, and I think it obviously has a lot to do with like, kind of like you said, like, what, who's, who the person is, right? Like, so different kinds right. of people are going to, going to handle it differently, but like, that's just kind of been my experience with it is like it, my dad included. And I've seen other, I've seen other older men do the same thing. Uh, they just seem like they're super lot, like, you know what I'm saying? Like they just thought that, that was going to be their life. They had gotten to a certain age and it just became comfortable. Most of them probably are usually married for over 20 years. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's just yeah. what they, that's what their middle life is like. And like, my dad didn't have any like many friends. Like he, you know, he does had a couple of friends, but like they're just it, it matters a lot on what kind of person you are because yeah. Um, and and like and like you said, like you you always like have like a an outlook of like yes, there's obviously things could go wrong and like um and just basing your entire your personality on the relationship is the weirdest thing ever. Like it's not that's not a good idea, especially when it's not healthy. No, and my do my dad and my mom were not particularly happy for most of it. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> so, so it's not even like they were like head over heels for each other or anything. It was like, that was just like how comfortable he got with like the situation. Right. Right. And that's, and that's the thing is, is, and, and, and so, yeah, and I, and I can understand that to a point because you, you get to that point where there are so many things where you just expect. And that's like one of those things where when you do lose somebody that's close to you, you know, that, that, that's where a big piece of that comes from is because they're just so, you're so used to them being ingrained in part of your, that part of your life. And then all of a sudden, bam. Right. You know? And, and, you know, what can be even weirder is when it's not something where they just pass away unexpectedly. It's something where you watch them deteriorate in such a rapid manner. Yeah. My grandmother, it was like that, you know, so it's, you have this understanding of what's happening, but at the same time, you're like, why now? Right. What, what, what switch was flipped that it was just all of a sudden we were great 
to oh fuck right and and my 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 dad's uh brother was murdered i've told you this before Um, yeah he he was murdered and they were like best friends so this this is this happens when my dad's like in his early 20s right so and they were like him and his him and his brother were best friends they they did everything together like they hung out since obviously since they're very young um, his older brother, his older brother for what, you know what I'm saying? Like his, his older brother, right. The, the older brother. Yeah. The, that's, the that, that's your hero gets murdered. Like that's a weird thing in the, you know, like, that's so, insane. so just gone one day, he was like 20, he was 29, I believe or 20 late twenties. Oh, um, so, and then, and then guess, guess what his name was, Tony. Hmm. Dan. Dan Warner. Yeah. Dan, so, yeah. so then I become the other Dan. So like, how much is, how much is my dad stuck in that? Like, Hey, like I want this guy to be, you know, on the same level as my brother was, he's named after him. Like, that's a weird, think about how weird. So basically what I'm trying to say guys is my childhood was a little strange. It was, it was a little strange. It wasn't ba- It wasn't a bad childhood at all. Like they're, they're, I had good parents. They didn't like each other, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was fine. But like, that's just a weird dynamic to think about. And, that, and that's a lot with your trauma thing too, is like, do you think he was stuck back then in 78? Like it gets weird. I don't know. It's, I mean, you know, when we look at like, like, I'll get, uh, let me say it like this. So when I was a kid, one of the ways that I got made fun was because my name was, you know, my name is Tony. I get Tony Baloney and, and Tony the Tiger. Like people would just like use the, the Tony thing and ride that incessantly. I still do that, and, by the way. Um, right. Too Tony. But, but I know that I, I know the, the result of your AIDS test. So um, you, yes. you don't do it as much as you used to. That's why, um, that's why I have the sunglasses and the hat on. It's getting pretty rough. But the old no. HIV. No, anyway. Um, but there was I like, this. I feel like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> just listening to opera music. Just, just, I'm just waiting for you to bust out into the chorus of a song from Rent. Every hour of the day <laughs> is a good day. It's a good hour, Tony. <laughs> Uh, it's an hour we have left. Mm. No, go ahead. Sorry. God damn it. Okay. So when oh god damn it. We should run a you banner. Made me lose my train of thought. We should run a banner at the bottom for my, uh, for my GoFundMe. Go GoFundMe AIDS. It's just called the AIDS GoFundMe. Dallas Nebraska Buyers Club. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. You know, I just got lost in my train of thought. You know what? We have spent a half hour talking about intro shit that should have taken 10 minutes. So let's go ahead and talk about the actual shit today. Um, So LeBron tweeted out a statement today and basically, and I'm paraphrasing here saying he understands somebody need to be held accountable for what they said, but that the, you know, the list of demands the released list of demands that the Nets have for Kyrie to be able to return from suspension is excessive in his opinion. So I guess we'll start with this. Dan, do you think the list of demands is excessive? Um, the demands, what do you mean? The demands for the, for them to well, like for him to apologize and stuff like, or like, so that the, the, rele- the, the, the list that was released that, that is claimed to be this, the things that the Nets want Kyrie to do before he can return to oh, I'm the looking, court. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, must apologize for posting a link, uh, posting the link 
and, and condemn the movie. Half a million in donation to anti-hate causes. Um, receive sensitivity training, which I always thought that was sensitivity training. Really, are you? Do they sit down in a room and tell you what you're supposed to be sensitive to? Like, this is not okay. Like, they just show you like videos of like people beating baby seals with clubs or what? Um, Irving must meet anti-defamation league and Jewish leaders. He's they're gonna make him meet him. That's not a great idea. Um, and he has to meet with Josiah. Josiah to demonstrate understanding of the issues. Where you go, you know that you shouldn't hate Jews, and he's like. Yeah. And he's like, do you still hate Jews? I don't know. Okay, good. That, that's is at the end of that conversation. I don't understand. Yeah, that's that's a bit intense. I, I hadn't seen that until just seen my live reaction. Right, right. So and 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 I I I I understand the importance of not allowing somebody to think it's okay to disparage an entire group of people in that fashion for their religion, you know, or for any of the other protected characteristics. I'm counting those things as obvious. Yes. Right. But, you know, what is the, what is the, I, and, and I think it's been a theme for the recent, I would say the last 10 to 15 years, recent time period, that theme has been, what is the proper punishment for saying something, posting something, sharing something that was not something that should have been distributed, it's, I guess we'll say. It's what Yeah, it's such un it's such untapped ground, isn't it though? I mean, we're we've never dealt had to deal with this. Like this is a new problem. So I feel like we're in the middle of learning, you know, what the proper steps should be to take and, and what's too much, what's not enough. I mean, we're, we're literally just, this is all on the fly for like right. all of us. It's, right. You know, in, in every, every situation. And this is what I think is interesting is, is there's no, there's no consistency. This isn't just an NBA thing. This isn't just a professional sports thing. This is just in, in, in events in general with things that have gone viral. Um, you know, yes, situ different situations across different, different professional sports, there has been so much inconsistency with how the situation has been handled. And so you have to ask the question, when a professional athlete or a professional performer of any kind um, shares something that is um, considered hate speech, we'll just say that as a broad form for this question. What are the rights? What are the proper steps to to the situ being the situation being resolved? Because it's not like you can go back and be like James Dean tweeted in 1953 that he hated Jews and nobody said anything. Like we can't. There's no precedent for any of this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like right. Were, yeah. So here's my thing, because you know James Dean didn't hate Jews, guys. I'm just making an example. We're because here, here is what I see. You I know, when I think about how Americans handle these situations with Twitter and and social media mess ups, versus how it's handled in international communities, 
because within the United States, when you do anything wrong as a celebrity, it's just in, it's it's just hellfire and hate and tweets and comments and stories and videos and bullshit. It's a firestorm of fucking bullshit. When when you do when you do something wrong in the United States, you you, you get caught stealing food for your family because you're struggling financially. You right. get punished and you, you get punished. You don't get help. You get punished. Right. The, the, there's, there's very, very rarely is there a concept of compassion and understanding and an eagerness to grow. It's just punishment, destroy pain. Rah, 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 rah. There's an ongoing uh, Daniel Warner versus the County of Richardson uh, for those exact. No, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> However, when you look at international communities, international prisons are built are, are built focused on rehabilitation. You could be in jail for murder, and their goal is still, in most cases, except for like super heinous shit, like, but like you know the the normal stuff. My brother and I were drunk, and I shot him in the face. You know, their goal is to get you back out of the community after serving time, serving punishment. And going through proper steps to rehabilitate, you know, and in the international community, when you tweet something wrong, people talk a bunch of shit. You apologize. That wasn't my intention. Explain your actions. And then for most part, they're like, all right, you're still an asshole. And, you know, but it's over. You know, the, the tightest phone. Now, one could argue the fact that it took Kyrie a week after the firestorm started before he actually apologized and he had been suspended before he apologized as, you know, justification for the punishment. Clearly the Nets organization multiple times before he was suspended, set him up in press conferences with the understanding that he was going to say that he was not anti-Semitic and renounce the hateful themes that are within that, that documentary that he shared. And he didn't. So it actually, I think I, I think that's why the the list is so complex. I mean, I said last night on Hardwood, uh, Wednesday's ten nine Eastern. Um, that, dun, that, dun, dun, dun. Uh, um, but that, yeah, um, I said last night. I was like, it actually makes me not like Kyrie more. Like, it's not like I, I don't dislike him. I don't think I, just, I I don't know. I don't know him as a person. So it's whatever. He's a great basketball player. Um, but I don't. It, it actually made me lose respect for him. We'll put it that way a little bit for him actually coming out and apologizing because not, not because he apologized because I, I think that that should be done. Right. But I, but it's almost like he didn't stand strong to what his wrong opinion was. Do you know what I'm saying? Like at least if you're going to sit there for a week and everybody knows that you actually meant that, then at least stand by it. Like we don't think that you were actually apologizing. Like the fact that you apologize is kind of just like, it kind of just pisses me off. Cause I'm like, we know that you're not genuine about the apology that you're just doing it because people are making you do it. So why'd you right. even do it at all? Like, why'd you even do it at all? It actually makes me have more respect for you. If you just go, no, nah, I'm not going to like, we still think you're an asshole, whatever, but we think you're an asshole anyway. Even if you come out and do a fake fucking, you know, even do a fake apology. Like I would rather you just not do the fake apology. Like, cause we know you don't mean it. Right. You know, and, no, and, and, and I agree. And I, and I think my, my thing with Kyrie is this, and, and, and I know that we talked about this last week um, and a little bit on Monday night as well, but 
Kyrie does not have basketball on the pedestal. The basketball has Kyrie. And that's where the gap is for behavior here. None of our jobs naturally have people. This is the last thing I'll say about it. None of our jobs naturally have people that count on us for like their, their happiness and their emotional well-being. Like sports fans count on teams that Kyrie Irving has played for, for their emotional well-being. Like right. none of our, none of our jobs have that most, I would assume that most of our jobs, most jobs don't have that. Right. So like right. you quit a job, it's not like you're letting down a bunch, you know, you're not letting a bunch of people down. Like you are your people that you work with. I understand that, but like, that's on such a smaller scale than this is. This is such a smaller scale. And like, there's, you know, people are like, oh yeah, well, I don't have a coworker anymore, but I still get paid. You know, I still have a job. It's consistent. I'm going to get paid the same amount. It doesn't really affect me that much. Like, yeah, I like working with that person, I guess, but Outside of that, there's not really any like repercussions for you quitting a job. Kyrie's job, there is. There's to people that he doesn't even fucking know that he never worked with. You know what I'm saying? Like that, and that's why it's such a, a huge deal, and that people are making it such a huge deal is because of that right there. That his job has repercussions, and he just doesn't care that much about his job. You know, he just doesn't. So I'm okay with him not caring about his job, but like he has to understand that 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 is part of the deal. Like that's when you sign that those millions of contracts, those millions. That's part of the millions. That's what he's getting paid for. Right. Well, when you look at like the impact, because if, if, with, with, uh, Nike not releasing the, the new Kyrie eights, you know, that's, that's, there are people that actually make those. That's, that's, right. that's people that are, you know, their, their, their job is changing. It will, it's um, not, they work, they work at Nike, bro. They're going to be making shoes. The like Kyrie eight not yes, coming out. You know, it just changes what shoe they're making. Right. That's about it. Um, but you know, the people's businesses that buy them to sell them for collections and stuff like that, people that collect them. Right. They were looking forward to that. Like that's, that's just, a complete. Just, yeah. Just like effects that you, that you and I's job really doesn't have like. Right. Down the line, as far as like just that massive of a, of a, people that it actually hits and like that's the craziest part and like that's got to be a lot of their pay right i mean yes obviously they're like the best in the world at what they do and there's much fewer of them than there is say accountants or insurance agents or retail people like there's much less of them and there's, so, yeah <laughs> there's much less even retail yeah i'm a retail merchant um I believe, <laughs> wait, that's the that's the actual uh, that's the title that, that's that's the title retail that's merchant. the title retail merchant yeah online retail merchant i believe is my actual job <laughs> um yes or and and um and uh cannabis uh retail merchant i'm just kidding cannabis <laughs> retail merchant. um yeah no uh no that's uh but yeah it just, it just doesn't affect us people down the line and that's I think that's part of their pay. And that's like when people are like, Oh, they get paid way too much money to play a game. It's like, well, they take out a lot more responsibility than you and I do. Usually I like most people do when they take on a job, you know, um, they take on a lot more responsibility. They take on a lot more. Uh, it's a lot more pressure, quite honestly. I mean, their job is full of pressure. They, they do their job in front of 30,000 people to 60, 80,000 people every day, which we right. don't do. I'll tell you that much. Nobody you know, watches this fucking show does that. Because of the TV broadcast, you know? Right. And that's, and that's where it's like, and that's where for me, it's, you know, it's one of those things where I'm torn, you know, cause you, you, you'll hear some people that will say, well, if it was a white basketball player saying, no, well, first of all, those don't exist anymore. Secondly, not, not real. Non-European, <laughs> non-European white guy said this, like, yeah, he wouldn't play in the NBA. What is no, he? That's, what is he in baseball? The MLB, 
Is it, is it a soccer player? Like, you know, um, <laughs> well, be, be, you know, but, you know, let, let, let's just say, you know, oh, and, the, and they say something that's anti-Semitic or racist, you know, would they get that much of a punishment? If you wait an entire week to, to apologize and to condemn, yeah. If okay, so we're gonna we're yeah. gonna cla- I'm gonna clarify real quick on this. If it's hateful speech, it's kind of the same thing. Like any kind of hateful speech, if it's it doesn't hateful, matter who says it. If it's anti-Semitism from a from an American white person, possibly of German descent, then it's a different kind of deal. Then it, it, then it it's could be even be even more aggressive. Then it would be worse. Yes, but yeah. like yeah, that's, it's, that's fair. Right. That's that's even more like. That's even more of an issue of an issue would be more of an issue. Right. Um, right. Be, because guys, I'm not going to, we're not going to go back through history and explain why I just said that, but like, <laughs> that's fucking that, why. That's, like, no, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Anybody who doesn't get that probably look up a fucking textbook. Maybe, maybe this is thing called world war two. Go read about it. Um, no, that's, that's why. And like, yeah, that, I mean, you, and obviously there is active anti-Semite, white groups going in the United States right now. Like there's many, there's many of them. Like right, they right, have right, websites right, right. and everything. Like there's, you know, there's a, there's a whole movement. So that, that would be a different thing, but like hate speech in general. Yeah. I think that it would probably, yeah. I, I think it's probably treated exactly the same way. Like if he just, if he's like, nah, nah, I do hate you. So like, we'd be like, Oh, what? Like it should be the same kind of deal. I don't think it has to do anything with him being black. Really yeah. And that's the thing is it's, you know, that but they, 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 they tout the things that Kyrie has done as as reasons for not having an elevated punishment because Kyrie has done some great things. Kyrie was one of the reasons why the WNBA players had their income supplemented when they're with the loss of games from the 2020 season. Yeah. You um, know that yeah, that I was think- that was stuff that he paid out of his pocket that he didn't have to. Um me and Sax kind of talked about this last night about how like he he was, tr- I mean, he's trying to be an activist. Like he's trying, like, I respect him. I do respect him because he's trying to use his platform at least for something, right? Whether it's misguided nonsense or he's actually using it for good, which he has. He is actively and consciously trying to use his platform for change in general, which you have to respect somebody and pat them on the back for doing that, right? Absolutely, especially as a professional athlete. The fact that he is at least speaking out shows me that he it shows me that he is at least trying. I appreciate that more than the ones that just stay quiet and don't try to do anything with with the with the the platform that they're given. Right. And if you honestly don't want to do anything with it like if you don't if you don't feel strongly enough about anything like i'm sure a lot of them don't are just indifferent to it you know like or they just if if, for some of them i don't think it's about not using their platform i think it's just about they that's not really a huge part of what they want to do you know what i'm saying just in their life and that i'm fine with but like if you have something to say and you have that platform and you don't say it that's an issue for me you know what i'm saying like if you say it all in your private life and everything and you're like people know you as very like this and you're not using your platform to to speak out on it injustices that you think are going on. I think that's, that's probably not a good thing because then you're, you're being a little bit cowardly by not taking the opportunity that's been given to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's just my opinion on it. Okay. All right. So uh, before we move on, I think we're going to, we're going to take a commercial break here in just a minute. 
Um, and then we're going to talk about the Oakland Raiders. I mean, sorry, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the West Coast in the middle of the desert somewhere there, Raiders. <laughs> somewhere between. It's Barstow, um, the Barstow Raiders. The blowing lead Raiders. Um I want to, so so as, as we wrap this up, you know, solutions, solutions, Dan. The first answer, okay, we have to answer the question. So just to confirm, you think that the list, the list of too much things is too much. Okay. What do you think the appropriate punishment for Kyrie Irving should be? Obviously, understanding he's already issued this, we'll call it an apology for what it is. Not, nothing. I think that he should be able to go on doing his job. Honestly, like if that's, he, he made a fake apology. That's what you guys wanted. Like it, I mean, sorry, if he doesn't, I, I just, I'm not going to start this thing where we're just gonna, nobody's going to play sports because they believe a certain thing. Um, if we could hear what, you know, some of these old baseball players would have believed about, um, you know, desegregation of baseball, and we remember some of those quotes. There is some quotes about it. Um, if, you're, if you're ever if you're interested in that subject, um, go back and look at that shit. Like those guys play the next week, dude. They didn't get suspended for that shit. Like it's it's all about social climate. This is an overreaction to. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. We used to be called uh, the country for freedom of speech. I think that was a certain thing that we could well, do. But freedom of speech exists, but it's you know. What's being more prevalent is you're still being held accountable for what you say. Being free, freedom of speech means you have the freedom to say what you want to say, but it does not give you the freedom of consequences. Because if I say some kind of terroristic threat, guess what? There are consequences for what I fucking say. But right. if I just walk around saying, I don't like Obama. I don't like Trump. I don't like Biden. I don't look like I don't like Kamala Harris. I think Cardi B looks like a human Pokemon. I'm not. I I, I can't be jailed for saying those things. And you're most likely not, unless you're saying them at your job. You're not gonna. Get, your job's not gonna be taken away from you for any amount of time. No, but when you you know and and. Yes, Kyrie's job is to play ball. And there are so many people that are just like, shut up and play, shut up and dribble, shut up and throw, whatever. I don't think that. I don't either. You know, these individuals as public entertainers, because that's what they are, whether you're an actor, an athlete, a musician, you're a public entertainer. You are given a platform and should be using that platform to make a positive impact on the world. Now, yes, the thing that Kyrie shared was not a positive impact on the world. But the only way that he can demonstrate contrition is to be allowed to continue doing what he's supposed to do. And when you have things like the Anti-Defamation League making comments saying, oh, after he wouldn't apologize for a week, we won't accept his money. I'm sorry, you guys are a not-for-profit charity. Take what happened to what happened to you need money to function? Yeah, I would. That that's a, that's a half million dollars. I would take it. Yeah, what? Isn't that the best people to be taking it from? Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's the like that's what your charity is about, or your nonprofit is about. Like, wouldn't that be the best? Somebody's like, hey, sorry, I said this. Here's some money. 
what isn't that like wouldn't that be in your fucking you know is in your, is, is that what we have league? to do is like do we have to turn the anti-defamation league into a a, a national racist jar like oops i said the n-word i need to go i need to go donate five dollars to the adl um right. oops i said something that was slightly racist you know or, or you know was biased was sexist hit them you where know. it counts their pocketbook i, I just him. have to you know self-impose fines or you know make like it square, appropriate to an square income act, like file it on tax returns like yeah yeah like it like this swear jar for for hate speech is like that gigantic, is that we're gonna do now? Swear jar, yeah. What's I can understand to a point in, in being forced to learn things. I will give you to a point, depending on the content, the sensitivity training video and the anti-Semitism training video. Okay, look. Make him if I say if I'm at work, I'm working in an office. And I say something that is considered slightly sexual harassment. And I and the punishment is like, you know what? This isn't quite bad enough to fire you. So we're, you're going to watch a couple of sexual, you're going to go through some retraining on sexual harassment. You're going to watch a couple of videos. We're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. You're going to retrain on it. You know? Okay. You know, we, we've probably all at some point for something had to go back in for retraining. So you know what? I'll give you that. The, you know, meeting with the ADL, meeting with Josiah, I think it's important to have those things done. But are we really in a position where we need to delay playing time to make them happen? That's, yeah, that's probably where the line is a little bit intense for me, just in general. And, and, that's, and that's my question, because, <clears throat> I, and, and that it's, honestly, like for me, it's not even... It's not even the list of things that he has to do to show uh, a, a turnaround, if you will, in 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 behavior. It's that everything has to be done before he can return to play. That's yeah. where I start to go. You know what? This is this is a little much. Kyrie's a shithead. And aren't all those this things is a little much? Aren't all those things literally just almost to remind him that he should be a little bit more careful and be more thoughtful towards what he's saying or what he believes? And do you think he doesn't? Do you think he hasn't already got a, a backhand in the face at this point about that? Right? I mean, he 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 has like there. His th this is enough of an issue now that he's definitely gotten like a hey, that's probably not okay to like be saying or to you know to be. To be believing the behavior has been discouraged plenty. You know, Properly. you're losing 20 plus million with the deal with Nike because Nike has said the relationship with Kyrie is pretty much shattered. Um, when it simply just brings it to his attention, right? Which and is and and, and so you're you're going to see Kyrie end up with Adidas or Reebok at some point in a, in a year or two. You know. He'll he'll have jumped ship and somebody will be making a shoe for him. Like it, it'll happen because people will buy it. Like it is what it is. But are Kobe we really here. going to right? But are we really going to put him in a position where he's he's not allowed to work because 
of a tweet of a tweet you you have to yeah we have to like something that he said and probably believes okay like and i'm not saying all the the hateful stuff about it but he he believes a lot this of that is, stuff it's it's borderline probably you know on and, and this is where i go back to the us's approach to people doing things incorrectly versus international situations because in the us it's all about the punishment hellfire brimstone where in truth we can accomplish more with education that's why i said the the sensitivity training the anti-semitic training yeah i think those are great things to expect him to deal with to be able to continue being a professional athlete and an entertainer representing an organization because he does not just represent himself when he's playing back when he is on the roster of a professional sports team. He represents that organization and he represents that sport. Right. That's just the way it is. So we have to, we, we, we there has to be some type of contrition. Right. Right. And, and um, it's predicated mostly on how Kyrie handles that stuff too. Like the right. videos and things like that. Like, like, is he, is he going to go into it? Like, Oh, I fucking know all this shit already. Or is he actually going to like consciously watch the videos, meet with those people consciously hear what they're trying to say. Um, that's what it comes down to as well, which is because, obviously with every situation. You know, with the type of person that Kyrie is, you know, the more you push, the more he's going to push back. You know, there's that saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Well, Kyrie Irving doesn't understand that statement because Kyrie is one of those that genuinely thinks that he is the smartest person in any room that he's in. That's And he, he makes very common- well he makes the common smart guy mistake in thinking he's the smartest guy in every room. Yeah. Right. And, and, and he may very well be a very intelligent person. You know, there are people that forget that I think that he is, he, he, he did go to college. You know, there are people that forget Duke. Richard Sherman, you know, he went to Duke. Richard Sherman went to, what was it? It was Harvard. Stanford. Wasn't it? Stanford. 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 I didn't yeah. school. Those you know, are very hard schools to get into academically. Very yeah. hard. You know, and, and you don't get to play and play sports for those schools just because you're good. You have to have the academic chops to match. There's a standard. There is a clear standard for those individuals. And so the um you know the, the importance is you can hold them accountable, but it has to be with an approach that is about rehabilitation and education because. The, 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 the world has gotten to so much of a point where everybody's afraid to mess up. The one thing you should not be afraid of in life is failure because right. failure is an opportunity to learn. And when you make people afraid of failure, you, you, you start to make people afraid of the humanity within themselves. Well said. And that's why anxiety increases. That's why social media increases anxiety in individuals that consume it at such a strong and, and, and too high of a rate. Because yeah. it increases that fear of failure. Absolutely. And, and and not only failure, but failure in front of everybody. Failure Absolutely. in public. Failure in yeah. public. On in what? Uh, digital public. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So before we move on, we are going to take a break, run through a couple of ads. Uh, stick right with us. We will be right I'm back. Shotgun a beer. Go for it. Go for not, it. Not really. I'm just going to drink one. We'll be right back, everybody. 
For all things baseball, don't miss the Winter Meetings podcast Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com forward slash the sports report podcast. And again, Tuesday mornings on West Coast Radio at 11 a.m. Eastern. Wrap up your Monday with some laughs. Make sure to join Will, Seven, Dan the Dick Warner, and Josie as they dive into the hottest topics of the week across sports, including baseball, basketball, and the NFL. You can catch the episode live Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com forward slash the Sports Report Podcast or Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern on West Coast Radio. Don't miss the Sports Report Podcast. Don't miss Fight Night. Every Tuesday night, Will Morgan and Josie Haney break down the hottest topics of the week across combat sports, including UFC, boxing, WWE, AEW, and more. Past episodes are available on YouTube.com forward slash the Sports Report Podcast, and each episode will air again Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern on West Coast Radio. Don't miss Fight Night. Tune in or tap out. Put the kids to bed, put on your shades, and crack open a cold one during Sports Report After Dark with Seven and Dan the Dick Warner. You can catch After Dark Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com forward slash the Sports Report Podcast, and again Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on West Coast Radio. We believe that athletes are people too, and Skip Bayless is one of the lizard people. Don't miss Sports Report After Dark. That last commercial was for our new basketball podcast here on the Sports Report Podcasts. Hardwood with Dan the Dick Warner and Haystacks Calhoun, Mr. Wade Noel, going into basketball news, score updates, everything like that. Wednesday nights at 10 Eastern right here on the channels that you're watching this on now. Um, Definitely a great show. They just had their second episode last night. I'm so glad. I expected Dan to have gotten this canceled by now, but uh, he's uh, he's held it strong, and they're, they're 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 creating some good, entertaining stuff. If you're into something as lame as basketball, that is. Um, all right, after the fucking, writing. No, yeah, the, the fucking blasphemy. The blasphemy. The blas the blasphemer. Um, um, no, it's been fun. It's not, you guys are doing a really good job. I like what you've done so far. Um, all right, so now I want to talk about the, the the Las Vegas Raiders because you know, like even if you and I talking, just like when you and I are just stoned and talking on Messenger, um, you know, there's so many times in years past where it was like, all right, this is the year the Raiders are finally going to be a playoff team because all of the pieces seem to be falling into place. 
Um, I, I, I follow. follow you, you know what? Here, I'll get you. Yeah, hang on. I usually lean away from the. I usually, usually lean away from the microphone when I do that. Yeah, you know what? I I got nothing tonight. I only have I only have water and whiskey. Oh, I was yeah. having beer. I guess. Oh yeah, all day. Uh, That's two. That's two on command. There you go. You know what? They're, yeah, they're weak. Yes. I don't have any soda this time. It's like I. I don't know what it is. I can't. I'm sorry. It's like a okay. It's like a troll. <laughs> like what? what are you, no, you just going no, no, no. go to podcast to podcast to get people yeah. to burp? And, I mean, you know what? Hey, it makes it interesting. It's good it does. I, mean, I like it. You know, um, I can vomit for, uh, on on command. Hang on, I'm just kidding. No, I. That's that's not Please what we're trying it. to go for. <laughs> it doesn't say I follow if you can vomit. No. Uh, still okay. small. Still small. I, I follow if you can burp. You know what? I like the I like the spirit, man. Keep it up, keep it up. Um, all right. So as we talk about the Raiders, I feel like you know, like I said before, we, you, you and I have even just in all of the time that there you go. That was that's better. That's a solid six. You know, kind of like you. A solid. My six. mic's my mic's not picking up that that bass in it either. It's got bass in it. It's just well, no, well, that's because you you have a fifty eight. Like the the bass doesn't come through quite as well on those low, right. um, especially on those low frequencies. Um, but when we, we look at when we look at this team, I want to start with Derek Carr because I, I, I there have been so many. Hold on, wait a minute. Oh God, damn it! We got we got a troll. Let's put it up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no bots, please. And thank you. Um, we love attention, but not that much. I follow. If you can burp, that looks suspicious. (laughs) The timing looks a bit suspicious. Hey, don't just say I'm not accusing the people that's watching, man. I'm not accusing. I'm really not. It just looks suspicious. It's fine. Um, Nobody nobody knows what we're talking about. Anyway, unless you do. (laughs) And if you do. I there have been a lot of people that have supported uh, Derek Carr. I've been one of them, and you, you've been one of them. I've I've honestly I know I've been a lot more critical, but you know because like but there, like there are there are some Homer good. Fan. Well, no, but here's the thing: Derek Carr is is definitely an NFL quarterback. But my point of view, you have somebody that that in the one playoff game he manages to get to, he only gets a 50 he only has a 53% accuracy. Um one touchdown, one pick. Um in what games are that? The the one time that Derek Carr made a playoff game. Okay. You know, in in some real big small sample size. Not a real big sample size, but you know, there, there there's that saying that goes with the playoffs. You know, 
your biggest weaknesses get exposed in the playoffs. Yes, and, and if, if you're if you're just an above average quarterback, you're not you know you're not one of the that guy quarterbacks. The playoffs will expose it if your coach doesn't do their job. Right, and and just the attitude overall, and I don't I just feel like Der- Derek Carr lost a lot of his locker room then and his future locker rooms when he cried on the field that one time. I'm not joking. As as cruel as that sounds, as cruel as that sounds, you have to understand these guys' mindset in this gladiator game. Okay. There's like they follow warriors, people who they they think have toughness, right? I'm not saying it was wrong and I'm not being a dick to Derek Carr for crying on the field. What I am saying is it is true that he lost a lot of respect from his peers when that happened. I can Am I, I can see that to I can see that to a point. Like I I can legitimately see that to a point simply because you know there are definitely some guys that when they see a guy cry like it 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 it, it makes it, it alters the way that they see them. He wasn't emotionally crying. Let me just let me just you know specify there. Like if you're if you if you get in so into the game, like I've I've cried on football fields before. But that was because of emotions. I was overwhelmed with emotion from the from the game. It wasn't because I was actually hurt and in pain. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like, and I understand with some of the bigger injuries, like Alex Smith, or you blow your. I wouldn't fucking. I wouldn't ever be blame anybody for like quite literally weeping because that's so terrible, right? You know, what I'm saying? Like, right, right. There's. I don't think anybody would criticize somebody going through what Alex Smith did and crying. But Derek Harris was literally from like a like a cramp or something. Like not it was I don't think it was as being a school as a cramp, but it was like not he was playing that the next series. Like he was in the game still. So like it wasn't right. that it, it was almost like he had been it was almost the tears were almost from him being beaten down to a point, like not even physically pain, but like just beaten down to the point where he it feels like maybe he lost some swagger because of it or something like that. I think that's more where I'm coming from with it. You get does that understand you know, make sense? I can see what you're saying. You know, it's just when I when I look at Derek Carr, I I, I see a guy that, that gets a lot of a lot of positive hype, but doesn't really seem to be able to get to that next step. You know, kind of like Alex Smith. Uh yes, I can see that. They're very similar. And in 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 I I would still take Alex Smith over Derek Carr, but that's just because I'm a Oof. Chiefs fan. Right. I, and, I, and I'm clarifying. I will admit it's because I'm a Chiefs fan, They're because I've openly, openly criticized Alex Smith as well. So, like, I'll, 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 I'll take ownership on that. It's I'm a good comparison. But honestly, like, he feels like this, this, this league's version of Alex Smith. And what scares me is, if that's true, are the Raiders actually going to accidentally pick the next Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> no, there, I don't. No. I don't think there is a next Patrick Mahomes for one. I, I think that he's a once. He's a once. I, I don't think there's. I don't, I'm not saying there's never going to be anybody better than him, but I'm. I, but I am saying there's never going to be anybody like him again. Like him, absolutely not. No, no. and I think that's the, the the his uniqueness is just something else. But it, yes. um you know, it, Alex Alex Smith and Carlo is a good. That's a good comparison. I think if we did a poll, if we were able to like 
pull a thousand people, which we, we which we don't have the capability to do. But the, right. theoretically, I think you'd get about 50-50. I think you get about 50-50. Like, wh- which quarterback would you rather have, Alex Smith? Honestly, I would. Ex- I would honestly. I would expect Derek Carr to win that fifty-five. He would. I was going to say he. I think he would ultimately. I, and honestly, I, I think, think it's pretty close. I think it's pretty close though. That's even a toss-up for me. I'm like, yeah. I've watched I mean, a lot of those. Both those guys play. Like, let's hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Alex Smith career stats. He had good num. He had good numbers. Sixty-two percent completion percentage. Really good. Derek Derek Carr's career uh, completion percentage like is 60. pretty close. I think Derek Carr's is a, a, Derek Carr for a while was like in the top three of all time for minimum passes. Well, and he's. What and what's crazy is right now Derek Carr's uh, accuracy is actually sixty two point sixty two point three percent through this season. Um, Alex Smith had just shy of two hundred touchdowns at one hundred ninety nine. Now I know that Derek Carr has thrown more touchdowns already. I think he's at like two oh six or something like that last I saw. Um, well, I mean Smith had the early years in San Francisco that didn't go great, right? I mean he struggled. Um, it took him coming into an Andy Reid system to, and that was that wasn't even Reid at the time, though, was it? That would have been, I mean, he started with somebody else, right? There was something. I think it was Romeo Cornell, wasn't it? Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, so even his first couple of years in Kansas City weren't great. I think uh, Andy Reid changed um, Alex Smith kind of as a player, and that just shows you how much coaching does matter. Um, Absolutely, especially with the guys who have the tools and aren't the guy who's just going to go out there and just take over a game because they're not that incredibly talented, but they are, you know, like Alex Smith is a number one overall pick. He's a number one overall pick. So Derek Carr did have a couple of seasons where he was up there like six, seven, like 67, 70%, 68. He had one season where he was 68, 70, 67, 68. I'm sorry. That's four seasons back to back. He did that. Now this season he's currently at 62, but his average throughout his career is 64. He's at 204 touchdowns. Um, his average for completion is like 7.1 picks, 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 uh, 90 picks. Alex Smith had, I'm sure Alex Smith had more than 90 picks over his career. Um, and that that's a two to one TD to interception ratio, which is good. That's, that's good. I mean, it's, it's not great, but it's good. Alex, okay, Alex Smith uh, had 111 picks picks in his career. Compared to how many touchdowns? 199. So, yeah, they're they're so similar. Yeah. Yeah. They're so similar. But but, but Derek Derek Carr still has years left. Yeah. And and so Derek Carr, I mean, and, and I think you, let's say it like this so I think it's less controversial. Derek Carr is the next version of Alex Smith. Yes. The one who just happens to, he'll just be, he'll just play longer. Yeah. He's basically the same quarterback. Cause we're seeing about the same point in their career, same time. The, uh, the numbers are very similar. They're very mm-hmm. similar. Um, they play a lot alike as far as their, their accurate quarterbacks. They don't have, they don't have the strongest arm They're They have a sufficient arm. Uh, they tend to, when things are going good, be better. But when things go bad, they tend to crumble faster. Does that make sense? Momentum momentum impacts their effectiveness. Absolutely, which is not really a good trait. 
Um, that's mm-hmm. really the trait why they, that's why there weren't good quarterbacks in the NFL. Cause you can't be like that. Right. right. Like even when you get momentum behind you and you're great, you can't let yourself fall back the other direction just as hard. You know, you can't have these swings. Like swings are not a good, like Raldis Chapman. I always talk about Raldis Chapman, the closer for the Yankees about like, you don't want your closer to like, I don't want to be like nervous when my closer comes in. I want to be like, Oh yeah. Now, now we get to Mariana Rivera. Right. That's how you feel. Now we get to Mariana Rivera and we're good. We're good now. Right. Um, but you don't want to be like that guy who's like, Oh, my quarterback, like shit. Yeah. He, he threw a pick. This, this is not going to go good now. Like or you want to be like, Oh, just, yeah. give him the, just give him the ball back. So, give him another shot. You know, Derek Carr. So would you agree that Derek Carr is, is part of it, part of the issue in Las Vegas, or do you think it's, there are other things that are impacting it? I think that he is a product of that environment. I think he's okay. a product of that environment totally with the swings. Like just what we were talking about, like, right. You know, so what do you think, what do you think is the biggest problem in, in, in Las Vegas right now in that organization? Well, number one, they're in Las Vegas and you have young men who have millions of dollars. Let's just, let's just, you, you can fill in the blanks Call on, that those, what it is. on those problems off the bat. Um, right. They historically have had players, unfortunately, and probably just out of a stroke of bad luck that aren't the most serious about playing football, that are way more serious about what football brings them than what football is to them. Um, So, right. Um, That's historic. That's, and, you know, uh, Bo Jackson, you know, they, they get a good one and he's, and he gets his freaking hip displaced. You know, so like, it's just, I think it's a lot of like, just kind of bad luck things. Like, I, th- I feel like it's more bad luck for the Raiders than it is anything. Honestly, it's just situationally and they, and they shift around, they go to Oakland. That's, that's not a good situation for any professional sports franchise. For some reason, you can say whether it's economically or, you know, the, the A's will be moving out of right. Oakland. Yeah. The, I, I think this next season will be their last year. There's no longer a fucking room for a professional sports franchise who plays half on a fucking football field. Let's be honest. Like they played, they, they, they shared a stadium. If you, if you can't economically support different stadiums at this point, like with how much money is in sports, I, sorry. Like you, you, you just don't need to have, like, I'm not asking for Lincoln, Nebraska to have professional sports franchises. There's no way that they're fucking economic. They don't have enough. Because yeah, the, 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 there's not a, the resources aren't there to support, support what's needed. That's all I'm saying. I'm not calling Oakland a back town. Just saying like, they just don't have the, yeah, the means. And that's the thing. And that's why you see, you know, and that's the difficulty about like a a market like St. Louis, because St. Louis is great for hockey and baseball, but they, they, they had a lot of issues with keeping consistent numbers with the Rams. The Rams leave, go to LA, XFL pops up, Battle Hawks are doing games in St. Louis and they sell out every game. Yeah, but think, yeah. it was also a smaller stadium for the Battlehawks games. Right. And, and and think about how much uh, it always happens when a, when a stadium is in play, because that's a huge investment from the, the fan base is asked to pay for some of that. Right. And then the owner is asked to foot a lot of it. And the owner kind of goes, do I want to be here? Because we're going to have like, is, are the fans here enough for me to be like, yes, we definitely need to stay here because they're that committed to the team. And if they even start to doubt that, then they're going to, they're going to move. They're going to move off of it because if you don't just have like the most amount of money, like Los Angeles, you know, there is, 
I mean, it, it's a business thing though, because you know, if you're at a point where you need a new stadium, and where you're at, it's like, yeah, we're not going to give you a new stadium, but there's a new location where you're going to be able to make money and run your business, and they're going to give you a stadium. If push comes to shove, you're you're going to move to the new bit. You're going to move to the new spot. This isn't the type of business where you can go. Oh, I want to have one here and one here. It doesn't work like that in professional sports. You have one. Yes. So, you know, if it's not working where you're at, you got to move it to somewhere it will. Right. <coughs> and it's even happened in like the opposite way where like the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, you know what I'm saying? Like they still, they still play with those rocks in the outfield and in, in Anaheim where they used to be the Anaheim angels. Um, but it's almost like they're, they're just affiliated with Los Angeles now. So like Los Angeles foots the bill for, for salaries and things like that, or their, their management group or their ownership group is in Los Angeles. That's correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're like most of their, the guys who write the checks are in Los Angeles. So it's like they're, they still play in Anaheim, but it's part of, you know, they, they put the of Anaheim on there because they play there, but they, they did move technically. I mean, that, that team moved, it used to just be the Anaheim angels, you know? So it's kind of the same thing, except for in reverse. They just kind of went off of it because people of Anaheim didn't want to foot the other bills, but they still had the venue. So it's just all about fucking money. Like, like always. Yeah. All about, all about fucking money. St. Louis, that, that stadium though, Edward Jones um, was, it was getting shitty too. That, that dome was falling apart. And I, I don't know if it was maintenance issues or whatever, but like I, I did hear really bad stories about that. I used to have a a friend that had, uh, she had season tickets to the Rams when they were in St. Louis. And um, she just said that the stadium was fucking terrible. Like it was like inside of that dome was really bad. And I don't know if it's like harder to maintain a dome that doesn't have a retractable roof on it, you know, per, I don't, I don't know why, but apparently that, that that place was like falling apart. Remember the fucking roof fell off. Part of the roof fell off of it. Like during a game. Oh, that's right. Remember that? Yeah, dude. Like some of the roof fell off during a game. Well, it's like, and I'm not, you know, I used to be one of those where it's just like, oh, just keep updating the stadium you have. And I, I understand at some point, especially with a, with an architectural undertaking that massive, you kind of have to throw it away and start over. Like I that's, think that's just, what it was. It is what it is. And, 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 you know, the, the, the city of St. Louis, you know, obviously they're, they're, they're dealing with their financial issues. They've had problems for a long time. And you can only extort so much money out of black people before it becomes too much. Right. You know, and so they're going to, they're going to have to rely on their other sources and they didn't want to have to turn around and foot the bill for another stadium. Well, they were paying for all of their city officials to go on extra vacations. So the, the end result is the economic impact that that team has is in an area that really struggles to have a steady fan base for two teams, but can support two teams is still better than your city that was completely dedicated to your franchise. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Just, 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 I think it's, it's a lot about numbers, right? I mean, from, from what I kind of read about and everything, St. Louis basically was, was doing a real weird geographical thing too, where, like a lot of the rich white people were like moving out of anywhere inside of St. Louis. And they were basically like creating some kind of weird, like economic, like they were like moving more outwards and like spreading the city out basically 
by just creating their own little, you know, their own little fucking villages and stuff around it. And the actual center of the city where it used to be became basically vacant or it was either inner city or it was, it was like big houses that were just basically put just a heads up. You need to sort your audio. It's because I yell over the microphone guys. It's not really, it's just yelling. No. Um, but, um, we'll take a look at it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, can you, I don't know. We, We really can't hear ourselves on this. So, um, that's, that's a bad thing. We should probably start testing that. We need to figure that part out for sure. Like where we can just hear it. I'll just I'll just open it on YouTube right now. We could just talk and then we'll hear like a five second delay of how there you go. Figure it out, Tony. Just figure <laughs> solving problems, bro. Solving problems. Solving problems. No, um, yeah, but St. Louis, anyway, I don't even know what we're on the beginning of that, but yeah. It's you know, I don't know. I I I think that, that that St. Louis is an interesting city for sports, but I just I think that that the you know St. Louis for a professional football team is like Arizona for professional hockey. It's just not there. The support just isn't there. Can you keep ice frozen in Arizona? Yes, it takes a lot of air conditioning. Like one of the most one of the most destitute jobs is is hvac like you can if you have hvac experience you come to arizona you can make 100 grand a year like that because there's you know ac is so much a part of what we have down here that they need a lot of people to fix it and it's all broken (laughs) just just for um chefy commented um no i see it i see it no I, i know but i'm saying like he is in a warehouse we didn't. He actually does the show from a warehouse that looks like a part of his apartment. I didn't know if we didn't explain that before. It's just a set. No, it's, it's a set of an apartment in a warehouse. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know you guys didn't know that. It's it's got a good Stop. echo effect. Stop. Let's get back on topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What was the topic? I don't know. Well, yeah. See, we didn't even know. So no. Um. But no, okay, so before we wrap up, do you do you think that there are like like okay, McDaniels? Is McDaniels Russian mail order brides was the topic? No, we nice try. I'm not gonna fall for that again. We did that we, three weeks ago. Three um, weeks ago. That, that was main right? subjects off the top. <laughs> we didn't even need anybody to come to us about it. We were like, we're doing Russian Railroad Boards rides tonight. We're trying to get our podcast sponsored, and we're hoping that one of them can because that's a great industry to get into. And so if we can get a cut of that kind of business. And we've been trying to get into Russia since the beginning of this thing. I mean, we, like our Russian market is through the fucking roof. It's through the roof, okay. man. Um, uh... I, I don't... <laughs> I don't want follows. I don't. Oh, stop, don't, stop. Okay. I don't need them. Um, ugh, damn it, Don. Damn it, Don. Your name, your, your name is now Don. Damn you look Don. like a... Damn it, Don. Oh, Don over there. Hey, you look like... um. You look like... Uh, what's, what's that guy from Fast and the Furious? 
uh, Dom Toretto. You look like if Dom Toretto was Jewish with your, with your arms, with your, with your, with your guns hanging out and then you got the tat, but, but it's still, still got the curly hair and everything. It's fantastic. You know, so I learned you can actually, I was one of those weird videos on Facebook. Well, I'll, I'm going to close with this. Um, I saw a weird video on Facebook recently where they, I learned you can, if you're a Jewish person, cause like I'm, I'm not, by the way, uh, he's just an asshole. Um, but I learned as a Jewish person, you can actually get buried in a Jewish cemetery if you had tattoos, as long as they remove them after you die before you're buried. Like, oh, just wow. cut that skin off. Yeah, if they cut that skin off, you can be buried in a Jewish cemetery. I just, uh, I, I used to have a baseball home run call that was, uh, that one can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery because it got tattooed. What? what? <laughs> no, that's not I okay. Didn't actually, I didn't actually. I was <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my god! That shit is That's pretty horrible. funny. This 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 oh is pretty god. funny. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Dan, you look like if Stevie Wonder had a white kid that joined the Marines before he discovered he was blind. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm laughing um, mostly at the at the part where I'm in the Marines, but I'm blind. Like that's actually. <laughs> Like, like, how did you, how did things go so long that you were in the Marines before you really, I mean, right. look, I get, I get that the, the ASVAB to get into the Marines is a test that is taken in crown and using a speaking set spell. However, <laughs> the my, the my drill instructor was happy, the first one. <laughs> happy birthday, Marines. <laughs> my, Marine Corps birthday is today. That's great. Is, is it really? Um, yeah. <laughs> How long was that? Like 256, 256 years ago. Crazy, huh? Wow. Yeah. How long has our democracy survived? We are a fucking... It's all touch and feel. <laughs> you just don't need... I mean, that actually makes you better at so, doing you know, your job. I, I wonder, because like Marines, like that's the closest that we would have in the modern day to Spartans. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. So do yeah, wives they're the unsullied. Marine... Do wives of Marine soldiers coming home from combat zones have to shave their heads too? I don't I don't think that's a thing anymore. No. That, is that part not a thing anymore? No, I don't think that's a thing. Oh, okay. I, I think I think mostly what our whole military is now is like a bunch of smart people that like just run a lot of electronics. Like let's be honest. They're just, like they're just smart people that are in shape, which that yeah, are that's in probably shape. for the best. That's probably right. For the best. And, and like, like we just, we went completely electronic on the whole thing. <laughs> like, didn't we, I mean, didn't we like, you know, they like, they fly it, drones and things like that. It's, I mean, all those, Which you know, awesome. those kids whose parents let actually let them play video games. Now they're flying drones and the ones that are actually hitting the accurate drone strikes and the ones who's, Rich parents didn't let them play any video games. They're the ones that take out civilians. We need to be thanking gamers, damn it. <laughs> oh my god. This has gone completely off the fucking roof. I really I really want I'm, I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put this up right here. <laughs> no, why does this fuck everything hoping your husband dies in combat? Let's be honest, if they're all blind, there's a 90% chance. <laughs> Sheffy? You are now a friend of the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Holy shit, that's great. You can be our friend. Uh, and I and I do want shit. that follow. I do want uh, that follow. Absolutely. I you know what? I, I would 
if it wasn't against the rules, I would show a little nipple. It's like right there. The, it is a the little thing? nipple, but I would show it. I would. Side, side boob. <laughs> side boob. Side Oh. My, my side boob. Now is we have to talk about. Like yes. That? That's like, my side boob. That, he's like, you shouldn't because that's my side boob. And it's like, <laughs> you, sh you shouldn't like it. Uh, oh shit! Now we now we have okay. to talk about Russian Miller brides. That's Russian that, Miller that brides. The that, that is that is the deal, you know. And here's the thing: I am in favor as long as everyone's consenting. There's some chick in Russia that's just like, "Hey, put me in the envelope, send me over. I'll go to whatever abusive white guy is ordering me, just for the hope that maybe he's one of the one one hundred thousand that's not just going to murder me in three weeks." Right. And no one will know I died, so I can't be avenged. And he just does it again. Why do you why do you care? Is that like what you think about dying, Tony? You think that you get avenged somehow somebody avenges you? Look, you I watch a lot of criminal movies. I was lives. gonna say it sounds like you want to watch a My Marvel movie. <laughs> How many Marvel movies do you watch a day? My wife watches a lot of investigative murder porn. So I always just think of the worst the the, the worst occurrences with these things. They're like nothing positive's going on. They're like you're. You should know that. By it's now. like it's like a hot female detective. She's like <laughs> your. She's like your sperm was at the scene. Do you want your sperm to be at this scene? Down, pick a bow, now pick a bow, bow. So the whole that's what all of it is. What the like, hell? I don't even know about what this is. Why is this happening? What the fuck? Oh god, that was great. On this scene, oh. CS CSI sperm. <laughs> when I became a detective, I thought that just everybody committed a crime and then ejaculated everywhere. I think there was sperm and everything. <laughs> <laughs> After they steal something, they just ejaculate there. So everybody knows. They just ejaculate. That's not how it happens, apparently. It's not. And, uh, maybe that's why the real cops have such a hard time and it doesn't take 30 minutes to solve a crime. Law I mean, and order would that. make you think that it does, but it's yeah, it really, not, yeah. A, not a thing. Doesn't... Uh, Maybe the maybe yes. maybe that's the secret. As long as you don't ejaculate at a crime scene, you have a much higher chance of getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, no. I would not drive a Ferrari. The highest up I would go with luxury cars is a BMW. No, let's be honest, Sheffy. Seven would be that fucking cop in his Crown Vic still, like in the brown Crown Vic, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the like the camo colored brown Crown Vic. I'm Just, I'm getting the Blues Brothers Crown Vic. It's got cop shocks, cop wheels. <laughs> cop. It's we got with we that got, with we that V ten engine. We got a full ticket, full ticket gas, a half pack of cigarettes. It's dark out. And we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. That that should that should be our fucking quote for this show. That should be our closing. When we, should, when we get to the point where we make it, that's going to be it. We're gonna we're gonna pay for the rights to that clip, and that's going to be our closing moniker. We're gonna spend all of our budget on that. On that every single four time. second Blues Brothers clip, because you know fucking Ackroyd's getting paid for that shit. He ain't fucking not getting paid for it. And we that should was pay fucking him. art. Pay him. Yes, we that should. That was pay art. Him. Pay him. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? His witness. He's getting out of a jag with a Sherlock hat on and a pipe, crack pipe. Yes, that he not just the found first person to assume that about me. Um, That's weird. That's super yeah. weird. Why are, why are you getting those assumptions and I'm not? I don't know. But, you know, here's the other thing. I also Playing a good, playing a good tone. People, playing a good. I'm also one of the few people that had that random experience where somebody randomly walks up and asks you if you want to buy drugs. <laughs> um, like that has actually – it happened to me twice in a week. And both times it was cocaine. Like 
do I really look like, yes, I, I, I get that I look like Seth Rogen and Dwayne Rock Johnson had sex they don't want to brag about. However, right. what I'm saying is, do I look like somebody that, 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 that would that would just re, like randomly, oh yeah, I want to buy cocaine from somebody I've never come into before? Yeah, I want to see your Braille keyboard. <laughs> Braille keyboard. <laughs> Uh, let me okay. let me find, let me find it real fast. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. Let's go ahead and wrap it for tonight. Sheffy, thank you for joining us in the chat tonight. Uh, to a, a shout out to our friends on West Coast Radio for for catching us Saturday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern. We appreciate you. You will catch Dan Monday night on the Sports Report right here, 10 p.m. Eastern. I will be back for the season finale of the Winter Meetings Baseball Podcast Sunday night at 9 Eastern right here. We will see you all next week. Oh, Sheffy from Scotland. That is amazing. That's Thank why, you, that, and that's you why have a great night. they, he or she said spunked. Yep. Get it? That Everybody? makes sense. It makes Cultural sense. difference. Doesn't it? Hey, does nothing for me down there when chicks <laughs> on, on English, on English porns say spunk. Uh, does nothing, nothing for me, Sheffy. Nothing. Doesn't do anything for me. I, I'm not a fan, actually. It it makes more of a joking issue out of the whole thing, you know? Uh, oh, I just, God. All I right. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Even when you feel slow, you can still go. Even when there's no hope, you can still go. I never ran, said a no, man, I still go. Go, 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 go. But even that could change You could flip the gray matter Like some batter in your brain That's why they say Fake it till you make it, eh And if you play that game Then you just might make a change Rearrange all the bad to okay Take the worst I say And turn them to a game Take the best I say And put them on display On repeat in your brain Till you're feeling no more pain Never slow yourself down You can do some more Push past start a pain And you'll find a door Open it up And finally explore Everything that you thought You could never